Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Seplick, the football goonie himself, bringing you all the news and notes today from our 2020 Keeper League draft. Now, some house cleaning that's going on uh, for you that are returning members and new to the league. Uh, Mr. Brian Brodsky has graciously stepped down uh, with everything going on and stuff, and I have taken over the Atlanta Foot Clan Keeper League. And as you may have guessed, we, uh, we have now renamed and we are now known as the New Fantasy Empire. Should we do Fantastic? The New Fantastic Empire. No, we're going to do New Fantasy Empire. I like that one. So, as your new commission, I've also renamed the commissioner spot the Emperor of the League. As you know, all my decisions are correct and final. And if you don't like it, well then, we will throw you into the Sarlacc pit. So today on the show, we are going over the draft we just had on the Keeper League. And today, I'm just going to do a quick breakdown on the Keepers we had. And then uh, we're going to do a quick just round-by-round kind of breakdown of the draft. And then I'm going to give a final grade of who I think the best team in the league is and who everyone is going to be chasing this year. So we're going to give a big shout-out real quick. Uh, Congratulations to Mr. Krieger, who won the league last year. Congrats, and thank you uh, for saving us from a champion that isn't even in the league anymore. Uh, speaking of which, welcome back, Chris, to the league. Uh, your absence was shortly missed, but we're glad you're back, and hopefully we have a wonderful and fruitful 2020 season. Now, for the breakdown, I'm going to go basically in order of the draft, kind of kicking off, letting know, letting you know who's in there still, and uh, the order of the draft, how it was broken down, so when... Certain teams are terrible, even though they were early picks. You understand why it's so sad and pathetic. Uh, So, as I said, Mr. Krieger won uh, with the team Finkel is Einhorn. He came from the number 12 position. Uh, Then we ended up with uh, Chris's team replacing one of the Twat brothers. Uh, known as Team Chris 1914, which he in our Dynasty chat just informed me was the year that his fraternity was created. So, fun facts on the show as always. 
next up we had sorry I'm just pulling up things trying to get it honestly I don't like the layout of sleeper because I go back and forth with trying to read the team's names but they don't put it up on the draft results they just put your username so basically let's go that round so uh, Tyler Texas Bear was drafting from the 10th spot taking uh, third place uh, with the perennially old busted team somehow finishing in fourth place was Axel Trakov. Uh From the fifth spot, we had Mr. Chase Jones coming in and taking fifth place. I believe he's a previous champion. I don't remember. Or previously high up. Uh, next up, we have the Silver, uh, Silver Yados. Silver Yados? Yados? Uh, Silver Eidos, got it. There we go. But anyways, uh, next up was the Gil, uh, the Gucci Gill, Gucci Gill coming in from the number six spot. Here's truly the newly minted emperor, the fantasy, the fantasy football Goonie coming in at the fifth spot, having just missed the playoffs. Uh, followed by Groovy Drew in the fourth spot. Uh, the SC Honkers, the other Brian from the third spot. Uh, GA Dogs for Life, who I believe Mike has finally renamed his team to the Popeye Sailor Men, so people are no longer confused, coming in from the two spot. And Mr. Brodsky taking, up, taking it up in the rear with the number one spot. So real quick, we're going to go through and give you the keeper grades as far as the way I saw it is your keepers ranking so no surprise here having the old busted team the worst team's keepers was Axel Tricot's team Axel had the worst keepers coming in at the 11th spot sorry just going through my notes was uh, Popeye Sailorman Mike, he had the second worst. So, oh, sorry, real quick. Axel had, let's see, Patrick Mahomes as his keeper with Calvin Ridley and Raheem Mostert as his lottery wins. Uh, Mike had Mark Andrews as his franchise player with Todd Gurley and Devin Singletary as his uh, lottery keepers. Then at the 10 spot was our illustrious cha illustrious champion big lasagna horn had the 10th best keepers keeping lamar jackson mike evans and melvin gordon now that sounds actually not that impressive but i imagine a big regression for lamar jackson this year uh way too efficient for not that great a passer plus i think teams are going to figure out his rushing a bit and then i expect mike evans to continue not being the dominant player in this um on this team, especially since, uh, especially since Tom Brady's arm isn't quite as uh, strong as Jameis Winston, and then coming in at the nine spot, we have Team Groovy Drew, Drew, or Andrew as you may know him, had George Kittle as his franchise with Nick Chubb and Russell. Wilson. Now, this was close to being strong, but Russell Wilson just kind of roughs you up when you get a QB as your keeper, especially when he's 
great, but he's not the the top echelon. You know, coming in at the ninth best keepers was Groovy Drew, followed by Gucci Gill with the eighth best keepers. Gill came in with such favorites as Michael Thomas and Chris Carson last year, and then got stuck with Jordan Howard. Uh, I expect some good things out of Chris Carson, and Jordan Howard should be plenty good, but the big kicker here was having Michael Thomas is a huge boost and helped him out a bunch. Uh, coming in at the seventh spot, we have the Silverados. Uh, Silverados keeping Derrick Henry, Amari Cooper, and Cortland Sutton. Now, I expect a little bit of a drop for all three of these players, not a ton. Uh, maybe not Amari Cooper, but he's so volatile from week to week. Uh, but, I mean, Justin's pretty happy because, I mean, honestly, as long as he gets to keep uh, roll-tied Alabama players and Henry and Cooper, he is always aces, and he thinks it's the number one keeper pick. But for me, he was the seventh best. Coming in at the sixth best keeper, we have SC Honkers, Brian number two. Uh, getting to keep Keenan Allen and Terry McLaren off the lottery and Dalvin Cook being his franchise player. Uh, Scary Terry was a little too efficient, so he kind of worries me a bit, and I think Keenan Allen takes a little bit of a drop back with his new quarterback situation, but Dalvin Cook is amazing, so... Overall, good keepers, but other people had better keepers, so that's just kind of where it falls. Uh, next up, we have the CSJ coming in in the five slot. Getting to keep Christian McCaffrey is always nice. And Odell Beckham's a little too much of a diva and a question mark. And then Brandon Cooks, who's already injured, is the big reason why he's not higher. Uh, Brandon Cooks is new team, injured, short season. I just don't expect a ton of great things out of him. So that kind of hurt Mr. Chase on his keepers. Next up, we have Team Brodsky at the four slot. Uh, Honestly, I wanted to put Brian a little higher. Uh, I love his keepers. And then on top of that, he had some extra draft picks, if I remember correctly. And then he had the first pick. But anyways, uh, Sanders a little too... Question mark on the injuries, same with James Conner. So that kind of hurt him just a little bit and put him into the four spot. Next, oh, and then uh, Julio Jones was his franchise, of course. Uh, next up in the three slot, we have Chris1914. Uh, Chris has some great keepers coming in with one of the better teams last season. Uh, Zeke Elliott. Chris Godwin, both awesome, and then Kenny Galladay is good. Um, I think it's just a solid group. The only thing that maybe hurt him just slightly is keeping two receivers from a from two running backs, which you'll see as I am slated in the number two spot. Yes, that's right. I'm number two, not number one. Uh, having one of the best running backs in the league, Saquon Barkley. Uh, Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers, looking for a bounce back after a little bit of an injury-marred season. And then Cooper Cup being a fantastic receiver option. I think he's looking to get paid the following year. So as long as he can stay healthy, I expect another top 10 finish out of him as well. Which leaves the lucky bastard Tyler uh, getting the number one keeper spot, keeping DeAndre Hopkins as his franchise player. And then Alvin Kamara and Josh Jacobs. Now, 
his hand got kind of dealt to him uh, with the Fournette thing. But that being said, he wasn't going to keep Jacobs anyways. So uh, he had thrown Watson in, but he got lucky and did not keep Watson, which I think really propelled him. He would have been probably middle, middle of the road if not for that. So that worked out great for him. So going in, Tyler was the best team into the draft. Uh, anyways, let's get started. We're going to start off with round one. We're just going to make a couple of notes of good picks, uh, things that I thought were a little earlier, ways you could have gone differently, and if you did anything awful. So first up, we had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. No, uh, no questions there. There is a chance you could have gone something like Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, and Jones. Just a little more uh, stability from last season. But that being said, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be an awesome pick, and he's going to be a great keeper for next year. Uh, Joe Mixon, that Kenyon Drake was the first big surprise. I would have gone with someone a little more reliable injury-wise. And the fact that he flashed last year after getting traded that doesn't mean it's going to be an outright he's going to be amazing. That being said, he is a good running back. So um, I didn't hate that. I just think I would have taken Eckler and Aaron Jones earlier. In fact, Aaron Jones, surprising to me, I would have taken above all these guys other than maybe CEH. Um, I know there's some worry, but honestly, I uh, touchdown regression, but I don't, I don't think it's enough to pass on the number two running back from last season who is on a team that hasn't changed pretty much at all. So big steal for me with Aaron Jones at the fifth pick. Uh, then Kelsey Hill, and that kind of capped off your real elite players. Uh, the big surprise for me was Lev Bell going early at the 1-8. I thought that was a little too early. I just don't trust Gase. Um, another big one was Jonathan Taylor. Honestly, there's not a lot left over at that point running back-wise, so it makes a lot of sense considering he only had Mostert. Um, I guess his hope is that he's going to be just a stud for years to come. Otherwise, I maybe would have gone a different route, but honestly, there wasn't much left to do. So uh, That was a good pick. Uh, Adam Thielen, great pick. J.K. Dobbins was the real surprise at the end to, um, to Finkel at the 112 that is too early for him but as he expressed in our chat if you're on discord his pick was entirely for next year uh i don't think he believes he's going to be competing this year as much so next year he's going to have jk dobbins probably as his franchise player can't hurt there uh next up Brian ended up going a uh, receiver. Got a real solid receiver there, too, with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore. Pretty much all chalk. Uh, Drew took uh, Robert Woods. I was actually looking to take Robert Woods at that spot, but uh, he had taken first, which ended up setting me up with the big question mark of the draft with David Johnson. Uh, that is surprising. I, he fell further than he should have, but that being said, I think everyone's pretty hesitant to see how he fits in the new offense, if that line's any better, if he's going to stay healthy. But as my third receiver behind Aaron Jones and Saquon Barkley, the upside was too, too great. Uh, some big surprises came with Kareem Hunt and uh, Cam Akers next. The Hunt one is not super surprising. 
Uh, it's not that he wasn't one of the next running backs who should have gone, but it was definitely a a little earlier than I expected him to, especially with stud receivers that were out there, like DJ Chark. Um, after that, AJ Brown went to Axel. Not my favorite pick. I think there's just too much question marks with low volume, and he did so much with it. Same with the next one with DK Metcalf. I don't think anyone's really buying the hype that he's come and worked hard. And he's ready, and he's going to be the greatest thing since ever. It's really hard to learn how to open your hips and be a looser runner. And I think his routes suffer, but the fact is he is a beast, so he's going to power through it. Uh, after that, the first quarterback came off the board. Chris took Kyler Murray, uh, hoping for some big stuff out of him. Uh, as you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Ky- not. Kyler Murray, but taking quarterbacks super early. So that was a little early for me, but whatever. Uh, next up, David Montgomery with the injury potential. That one was a little confusing. Thought maybe he would have gone Mark Ingram there. Uh, in the third round, uh, Antonio Gibson went kind of early. I believe Brian with the first pick with Darren Waller in the tight end. I think Waller's going to come down to earth a little bit because I think he's the same player as Brian Edwards in that offense, and I think Edwards is going to siphon off some stuff for him uh question mark on mark ingram but you kind of had to go running back at that point considering he only had Kenyon drake and dalvin cook um the big shocker to me was ty hilton going to drew there um i was really surprised he got tyler lockett i was trying to pivot and go somewhere else probably tight end or something but uh lockett fell to me I don't think anyone realizes he was like a top 15 receiver last year. And Hilton, one, wasn't banged up. But two, is he's getting a new quarterback with a weaker arm than he's had in a while. So unless he starts going into more of the Reggie Wayne role, I don't think T.Y. Hilton was a good pick there. Uh, After that, DeAndre Swift was a big boom-bust potential. Same with Ronald Jones. Uh, The big funky one was Latavius Murray going to Axel. I think this might have been... With all the the info coming out on Kamara being negative at that point, he was kind of taking the shot. Maybe Kamara missed some time or whatever, so he went there. Uh, after that, just uh, people went where they should have gone. I'm not a big fan of Stephon Diggs uh, in Buffalo so much as he was in Minnesota. And then Marquise Brown, I'm definitely not a big fan of people that easily get hurt and make their money on only big plays with low volume but that being said he, he's supposedly put on like 15 pounds or something so we'll see about that um the next round great pick with zach moss Devonte parker was a good pick uh gallup was kind of interesting i thought gallup went way too early uh so many other number ones and number twos where gallup could lose his spot relatively quickly if he even has it still with cd lamb there uh, Will Fuller's trash. Debo Samuel. Now, that was a fantastic pick by me. Uh, Debo Samuel is potentially a top 15 receiver that I got in essentially the, what, seventh round. So, with the keepers, I mean, that's an amazing value. Yeah, he's a little banged up. But, I mean, I got to throw him in my uh, my IR spot before he became questionable and open up my roster a little more. And then on top of that, man... That late for a great receiver could be good. Um, I did like Axel's pick next on Marvin Jones. Um, 
after that, Julian Edelman was kind of questionable. Jarvis Landry went finally. I thought that was a little late. He's been a top 15 receiver the last, like, three years. So, uh, other than that, Leonard Fournette, heartbreaking there. Uh, but, I mean, he could be useful. He could be not. Uh, and then Axel got someone to take Tyler Boyd on that Discord chat. Uh, after that, I like the Michael Hardman pick. Um... Philip Lindsay and Chris Thompson are good running back picks. Not a fan of taking a backup like Madison that early. But is what it is. Sonny Michelle might turn out well for me. Uh, big steal of the draft if he stays healthy. Obviously, A.J. Green in the fifth round is fantastic. And then you got James White. Matt Burita went late and great. Uh, carry on seemed like a good pick until obviously Adrian Peterson got signed by them. Now it's kind of wishy-washy. Uh, after that, let's see. Marlon Matt, crap. Sterling Shepard, I want to talk about this for a second. I think Sterling Shepard is a great top 24 receiver. Um, to me, as long as he's healthy, he's the number one on his team. Golden Tate's out injured, so that gives him more opportunity. And honestly, like... Everyone's poo-pooed on him all his career. Like, he's okay. But he's done nothing but throw up double-digit games every time he's healthy. I mean, he's consistently good getting you around 100 yards, maybe a touchdown um, on the, the games he doesn't get 100 yards. He's, he's been a great asset. I love having him on my Dynasty League. So I, I don't understand the hate on it. Uh, next up, Drew Brees. That'll be an interesting one. Man, Drew might have a huge year. Um, he's got all the returning pieces. He's got Emmanuel Sanders on top of it, probably his best wide receiver, too, for a very long time. Um, at least five years, whatever, when Michael Thomas was his number two. And then uh, from there... Uh, I stupidly took C.D. Lamb. We'll see. That was just kind of a shot in the dark. Had to had to take it. I took high upside receivers after. Since I had two as keepers, I got Lockett. After that, it was like, let's swing for the fences with Debo and him. And my next round pick. Um, Love the Emmanuel Sanders pick. Jerry Judy. Kind of 50-50 on. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. That was terrible by Axel. I thought that was way too early. Uh, I could see him going two to three rounds later than that. Uh, after that, Tevin Coleman's trash. Everyone hates Tevin Coleman. Moving on, we went into the seventh round. Uh, Tony Pollard. I don't get that one other in backup. I don't know why everyone's so enamored with him. Uh, he's had a couple of big plays, but man, that's not going to be consistent. He's not going to break off chunks the way he normally does all the time. So unless they start really scaling back Zeke's workload a little more and putting it on Tony, I just see him as getting a, a high-quality backup, but for a guy that's generally been relatively healthy his whole career. Uh, big swing for the fences with uh, Alan Lazard and Brian Edwards on the next two picks. Uh, Lazard could easily be the number two. I still think maybe MVS is that because... He sounds like he's going to occupy the slot more, and that's going to be more important with the real flux at tight end that they may or may not be experiencing because they're saying Tanyan's going to be good, but who knows? Uh, Edwards has an opportunity to be the number one in Vegas his rookie year, so that could be a real like uh, 
maybe not quite as good Michael Thomas situation where he was, I think, like 9 or 10 on his rookie year, but he could be like a top 20 receiver in his first year if things go well. Uh, other than that, uh, me taking Mike Williams in the seventh, purely, I mean, the injuries have not made it good, but he'll end up sliding to my IR spot. But, man, that is purely a – he's a better fit for Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert than Keenan Allen is. And he's always had some issue. If he could put it together, he'd be a top 15 receiver uh, to go along with the other, I don't know, like 30 top 15 receivers I got. Um after that, the only other ones I really liked in this round were Preston Williams. Uh, great pick. He really hurt Devonta Parker when he was healthy. We'll see if he can stay healthy. Uh, I like the Chase Edmonds pick. And then I was really interested on the Frisco getting in early. We, we tried to get rid of defenses. We might do it for next year. But he took the San Francisco 49ers, what, uh, th- three uh, rounds earlier than any other team. So I, I think he could have probably pushed it a little longer. But at that point, he was picking for some, eh. Uh, the only one that might pay off that I don't like is Brandon Ayuk. But if Debo struggles early on, there's an opportunity maybe. So uh, after that, uh, A.J. Dillon, Boston Scott, all crap. Scott might have some usefulness, but he's injured. So uh, Nikhil Harry, mega crap. That dude is not going to be on the team after another year, I think. Uh, Daryl Williams, that might be an all right one. And then my awesome pick of Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I think I screwed up a little bit. I could have gone Jarek McKinnon a little later. But I can't really complain. I'm happy to have him. Uh, The real interesting one is if Jalen Rager uh, gets off injury and actually starts performing. Um, He has a real opportunity there. The only issue is the healthy people in that uh, team's receiving core or speedsters too. So we'll see how he pulls up but or pans out for a redraft. But as far as Dynasty, is going to be great. So we'll see how it goes. After that, everything else is pretty standard. A um, couple of backup running backs came off. Bryce Love. I don't think Bryce Love's going to pan out much. Daryl Henderson might have a chance by the time he does pan out. I honestly think they're going to be in a three running back rotation, and I don't think anyone's going to be having good value there. Uh, after that, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, no surprise. Golden Tate was a little surprising because he still has in practice. He's been injured for a little while now. He might not be useful at all, so I thought that was a little early on him. Some more backup trash running backs. The big question mark is the quarterbacks taken in this round, I think. Um, Josh Allen's the big question mark on a good season. But uh, the other ones that could really pay off is my pick of Tom Brady, uh, Cam Newton that same round, and Aaron Rodgers. They're all uh, both very quality running back, or sorry, quarterbacks. And any one of them could be a top six I'd say quarterback so we'll see how it how it ends up paying off uh after that I don't like the Tyler Higby uh pick I know someone else mentioned it in the discord chat uh he did it for the second half of the season and honestly I think Cup was a little banged up they didn't have their identity down and I think he might be a little bit of fool's gold uh he did however start a tight end run where Jared Cook, Fant, and Gusecki all went again 
just fine. They all have an opportunity to do well, but they're all going to end up 120 points or less. Uh, Duke Johnson, that was kind of out of character for me a little bit. I don't like to get backups of my own team. But honestly, he's going to be a really useful running back if David Johnson goes down. So why wouldn't I seal that up? Uh, I've always actually been a real fan of him. I was really thinking before Bill O'Brien screwed the pooch on it. It would have been him as the main running back. Obviously, we found out they could have gotten someone like Gurley or Fournette after. But the fact is, they should have never traded away Hopkins. They had a much better team with Hopkins. And Duke Johnson, for for whatever reason, has just never gotten panned out with the coaches where they allow him to continue killing it. And I I don't know why. He's always been a very good running back. He just he's viewed as a pass catcher only, and no one will give him that shot. Um, so after that, Pittman Jr., uh, Robbie Anderson, those are all potential high upside plays. Uh, I think Jackson was kind of a, a waste of a pick with Justin Jackson. Uh, the real interesting one, because I like Blake Jarwin, T.J. Hawkinson, Carson Wentz. We all know what they are—good upside players with. Uh, some injury histories and Blake Jarwin just not putting it together. But the interesting one I want to talk about is Randall Cobb. Uh, being Houston and having the issues they have at receiver and Brandon Coast already hurt, Randall Cobb could honestly be playing his way to being their top receiver this year. Uh, most of us generally expect Will Fuller to get hurt at some point. Brandon Cook's always getting hurt. And then it comes down to Cobb and Still. And honestly, Cobb's got the nod on him, and he'd be a good possession receiver to open up the middle to go along with a guy like David Johnson and Duke Johnson and a mobile quarterback like Deshaun Watson. I think that although they won't be the high-powered offense they've always been, I think they're going to move well with more dink and dunk stuff, and it's going to be a a higher-volume pass offense. It's going to be more of the ramp style, honestly, less chunk and more ding ding. I mean, they still always had some big plays, but most of the ramp stuff – is very West Coast dink and dunk, so I could see it going that way. Uh, the next round was mostly defenses, so who cares about that? And then some wasted picks with Larry Fitz, Rashad Perriman probably, MVS. Uh, the interesting one will be me taking Dallas Goddard-Gudair uh, uh, before guys like Austin Hooper, uh, who went two picks later. Uh, people are giving me crap for that, but I mean, honestly, they're... He was, what, the number 8-9 tight end last year? Uh, they have no receivers that are healthy, so it might just run entirely through Earth and Goddard, and I think Goddard has the better potential for touchdowns, so he might be a little more waffly than Ertz, but I, I think they really like him, and he's going to increase his catch share and probably float around his, to- uh, his TD totals from last year. Uh, after that, Adrian Peterson was an auto pick, but that ended up working out. Sammy Watkins, auto pick. That's terrible. Uh, I don't think Peterson's going to be much in the Lions, but knowing Patricia, he will. He could flirt with near double digit touchdowns, but that'd be about the only thing you could use him for. Uh, and then we have the final round to round it out. Uh, Daniel Jones got drafted. I'm happy about that. A uh, bunch of wasted receiver picks. I went with the second tight end instead of a defense. Excuse me, sorry. Instead of a defense, uh, I think Jack Doyle has some real good potential to be a a workhorse tight end, but he does have the injury history. It's more just a long shot for me. I thought Joe Joe Burrow was kind of a waste of a pick. Uh, 
And then Axel took Devonta Freeman after he saw the news that he was visiting the Jaguars, and then it didn't work out. Uh, Frank Gore will be the interesting one, man. I could see a scenario in the world where Frank Gore ends up uh, just completely destroying uh, everyone's lives because he ends up getting more carries than Le'Veon Bell because Adam Gase is a total D-bag. So... That's just my thought on it. Um, after all that, it was a great draft. I think we had a lot of fun using the, the Sleeper chat app. We're going to definitely utilize that more often, I think. And I'm really just glad we got back to some fantasy football here. And, of course, uh, for the final, I, I'm not going to go in and break down every team. You'll kind of get an idea of that when I start doing the weekly uh matchups when we do um those on thursdays is what i'm shooting for um but i think my my unbiased opinion on here the team to be is honestly my team uh the fantasy football emperor now everyone's gonna poo poo on me and say oh you're just being a homer, blah, blah, blah. This is what Jason always does. But, I mean, honestly, if you want to look down and look at the teams, my team is not far off being the best starters through two flex spots, if not the best, uh, as far as the running backs and wide receivers. I think I definitely have the best team as far as that goes. Although I'm one of the lower-end tight end teams, I think that between Goddard and Jack Doyle, uh, I think I'm going to put together enough. And then my big my big linchpin is Tom Brady. If Tom Brady doesn't pan out, then that's rough for me. I'm going to have to play the, the uh, game. But this is the best receivers he has ever had. He's um, got good pass-catching running backs. I mean, honestly, this, this is going to be his year. This might I, – I, I've said it on the Discord chat. I would not be surprised if he throws near 40 touchdowns this year. And in a six in a six point per touchdown league, I think that is fantasy gold, making him a top five fantasy quarterback. Um, the big thing that really puts my team up above everyone else is depth. Uh, I mean, I look at the first the first team I play against with Drew, who has a solid team, but we get down to the flex players, and it's Philip Lindsay and Will Fuller versus David Johnson and Tyler Lockett. With a, and then you go to the depth, and he's got backup running backs, backup running backs, third string receivers. Whereas I'm sitting here going, Jarek McKinnon is, eh, but I, I'm high on him. I think he might end up hot take being the highest scoring fantasy running back on that team this year. At least in PPR, it's possible. But I have Sony Michelle as a good shot. Mike Williams when healthy, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel. I think I have the best balance of starter and depth and I don't want to keep just like patting myself on the back but I think everyone did a as good a job as possible drafting they're just not as skilled as me so uh good luck to everyone you're chasing me if it helps the only consolation you can have is I always scope out ahead and as per usual I have like the least amount of games where I play someone with people on a buy or good players on a buy so i'm always having to put my best foot forward i i don't know how it works out that way it's the same thing in the dynasty league i'm always one of the highest teams scored against i always have just a rough go and generally i play a 
a very strong strength of schedule. So, uh, good luck to everyone. Really glad you took the time to listen to me. Uh, had a great, great draft. I thought everyone did well. Uh, and hopefully we have a even better 2020 season. So thank you again. Look forward to meeting up with you guys for the week one previews in a couple of days. And as always, remember, Goonies never say die. That's all, folks.